No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue, as well as on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. We are live here at Boston Pizza on Taylor. I'm your host, Drew Mendel. DM next to another DM, Dave Manouk, with me as well, as we're here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets dropping a disappointing 4-1 defeat at the hands of the Dallas Stars, a Dallas Stars team that had been scuffling to start entering tonight's game, certainly found their game tonight, Dave, while the Winnipeg Jets, a team that had been flying high, scuffled to start, and before they knew it, they were behind the eight ball, down by those three goals, and unable to crawl their way back into tonight's contest great to see so many familiar faces and new faces here at boston pizza on taylor avenue as we are broadcasting live and the most important part is that it seems to be working that's always (laughs) the big question is is this going to work successfully and so far so good on this thursday night dave good to see you buddy Good to see you, Drew. Good to be here at Boston Pizza. We have a lot of uh, fa- people that are watching this game, a little bit, di- a lot of disappointed fans who were uh, expecting a bit of a better result. Problem for the Jets was they weren't uh, quite ready to get going from puck drop. Uh, a slow start in the first, and unfortunately, they were unable to come back. They're doing what I always love when you watch a hockey game. They show you the replay of the game you just watched. No, no analysis on uh, TSN, so that's a little bit unfortunate. There we go. That sounds a lot better. I don't know who did what, but Colby... Colby, we got to give Colby credit. He's Colby's not only our photographer, he's not only our videographer, but right now he's playing the role of sound engineer because Timmy is too busy filming a movie, not filming a movie, doing audio, being a producer on the movies. So there he is. Get him, get him in the shot there. Crack photographer, videographer, and now audio guy. So that was better. Whatever Colby just did, much better. And uh, <laughs> we're ready to go here on the Illegal Curve post game show at Boston pizza yeah we're having a great time as always and yes it's so great to see so many friends and new friends and old friends and reacquaintance friends uh here down at boston pizza on taylor avenue and of course all of you who are joining us on the live chat as always it's great to get together you know this was a game that the jets you know against the dallas stars and we know where the jets are in the standings vis-a-vis the dallas stars albeit with multiple games in hand so this was a game where I, I, you know, had the Jets come out and, and had a statement, I would have been surprised a little bit. I sort of okay. the vibe I was feeling entering tonight's game is that this isn't one that the Jets, the desperation level for the Winnipeg Jets, I didn't think was that high. Mm-hmm. And I think you maybe saw some of that. You know, they've obviously won the seven out of the eight games entering to tonight's contest, right. which now it's obviously seven of the last nine. Dallas, a team that hasn't been playing that well, but that has been playing, that has had the Winnipeg Jets number this year. And the vibe I had was this was going to be a significant uphill climb for the Jets. But at the same time, they certainly didn't climb that hill tonight. But you wonder if after having played this game, after having been what I would say handily defeated by the Stars, if that maybe gives the team 
a, a recalibration of where they are vis-a-vis the best team in the division or one of the better teams in the Western Conference, which I believe the Stars are, Dave. Yeah, I think that, look, and, and would it, Joe from Winnipeg is here, and we've got to give him, uh, the he made the point, and he's right, that the Jets still have games in hand yes. on both Colorado and Dallas, so it's all is not lost. They're still well within uh, striking distance of top spot, but this was a, this was an important clash between Dallas and Winnipeg, and you wanted to see Winnipeg kick, getting a chance to kick off a three-game road trip, uh, wanting to start off on the right foot. They didn't. Yeah, they and did not. So, it, it, look, is it is it going to matter in the playoffs? No. And and the bigger, I think, the bigger concern is the question with respect to Gabriel Velarde, who uh, I don't think was sitting. I think some people thought he was sitting, but he clearly was. Uh, as we Ken Weeb of the Winnipeg Free Press, who was in Dallas, said he was stretching out his leg, and we saw it on the broadcast after Ken tweeted that that he was clearly not feeling a hundred percent. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that to me is a concern. You know, again, you want to see a good effort because a lot of people have pointed out to the fact that the Jets have beaten lesser opponents, other than Vancouver, who of course went on a swoon after they got defeated by Winnipeg last Saturday. The Jets have beaten the the upper echelon team, so you're now playing an upper echelon team. And I thought they played well and better in the second and third periods, although the game was likely over at that point. Yeah, but Dallas looked like a much better much more aggressive team in that first period well you know what i thought was you know so impressive about dallas is the way that they were able to shut this game down it you know the jets obviously down three nothing after the first period and we'll get into all the goals uh, as we begin the betway game recap here in a couple of minutes you know as he's not with us tonight here live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue, yet he's in the chat and he's <laughs> chirping me. So, you know, normally I'm not, you know, I'm used to getting chirped by the chat and people may not like me. And sometimes people send me uh, rude comments after the fact. I'm not used to it coming from Ezzy necessarily in the chat. I'm used to it from Ezzy on the show, yeah. but he's in the chat chirping me, which is a bit different. So I'm trying to block him out. I've blocked them on so many platforms. Yeah. The only platform I haven't blocked them on is the chat. So we maybe you could put them in a timeout. I could put them in a timeout. I might have to do that. <laughs> but what was so impressive to me, as I was saying before I managed to interrupt myself, is that you know the Jets, the way the Dallas Stars just sort of shut the game down. They didn't give the Jets any breathing room to get back into this game after the first period, after Dallas dominated that first period, after Dallas had that three nothing lead. Yeah, yes, the Jets get that one power play goal, and we'll get to it. But the Jets had no answer to being able to sort of get in front of Jake Ottinger to make life difficult for Dallas in their own zone. Uh, you know, and, and certainly not having Gabe Velarde at 100% in that third period is a factor. Yeah. And we'll find out from the coaching staff, you know, and we'll bring it to you live here on the on the show as soon as we get that uh, information as to Velarde's status. Yeah. But the Jets, I just thought, were almost outmanned and out were, were, were less physical than Dallas was and had difficulty with Dallas's physicality and Dallas's structure, particularly in those second and third periods as they're trying to force the game, they're trying to press the game, they're trying to get their way back into the game. They weren't able to do so. Yeah, and I think that you're right, Drew. I think it's, it, look, that first, the, the whole tone of the hockey game was set in that first period by Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. The physicality, they finished all their checks. The Jets weren't able, and, and more importantly, they were quick to do it. Yeah. The Jets didn't have any time and space. Dallas didn't afford them that opportunity to get going to create anything. 
they were on them. They were fast. They were they executed their whatever their game plan was. They executed it well. Mm-hmm. So and and look, you knew that Dallas wants to send a message to the to the Jets. No question about There's, it. Like they first of all, they beat them both times in Winnipeg, and and the Jets made a point. Oh well, they beat us in our barn. Mm-hmm. We're now going to go into American Airlines Arena and do to them what they've done to us. Right. Well, they weren't able to do that. Dallas was able to have their way with the Jets and you know set a tone. And said, listen, right now we're the team to beat because remember, folks, and I know most people in the chat know this, the people here at Boston Pizza know this, but the Dallas Stars acquired Chris, Chris Tanner yesterday, yeah, exactly. who, who because of visa issues isn't there yet, will be there in the next, I think next week they said. So this is without a very significant ad on the right side. By, an, an ad, by the way, that they paid very little me? for why am i touching you because uh, you know i'm not used to doing a live broadcast next to you so uh, my hands are just reaching out and yeah, touching you i'm gonna move over I there know, personal right space now. i'm gonna have to respect your personal space a little bit better uh you know for dallas to acquire tana for what they paid uh, a prospect who's not considered an a-plus prospect yep. and a second round pick and then a conditional draft pick very low price to pay for the dallas stars so Kudos to GM Jim Nill, a guy who's been on the show before with yeah. us uh, a couple different times. He went out to acquire, uh, you know, again, very inexpensive cost as far as I'm concerned. No, again, like I looked at that, a second conditional third. Yeah. And, and a, like you said, you're not an A prospect. So if you're the Jets and you're looking at, you know, if people are asking me, and I, look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on, uh, on who Dallas gave up. He played with Texas. We've seen him a bit. I wasn't, I didn't think he was anything. He's more of a defensive defenseman. So he's nothing that, you know, he's like a Simon Lundmark who's, you know, to use a, a, a Jets or slash Moose analogy, a 2019 second rounder uh, by Winnipeg. So uh, he, that's, he's a defensive defenseman, like a Dylan DeMello type. And it sounded like that's what Calgary wanted. Calgary really wanted him. So that's, that is the, the, the prevailing idea was that's why Calgary was incentivized. Because you have to think, now I touch now you. you're touching me. So you, know, you, you, you created turn about, something. Turn about is fair play, I believe, is the, is the now, expression. He's in my head. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh. But you got to think that if the Jets were going to give up a second-round pick, that Montreal second-round pick is going to be almost the, the equivalent of a first-rounder. Right, a late first-rounder. Which is going to be a lot better than whatever the Dallas second-round pick is. So uh, an interesting decision by Winnipeg. You have to wonder, again, I'm, I'm inclined to believe Philadelphia and the Jets will be doing some sort of dance within the next eight days yeah. uh so we'll see where that kind of goes but again it, it it's a fairly inexpensive cost for like and you look at this jets lineup to take Demello, tanev and then ship pionk down to sandberg and pionk and sandberg have played well together mm-hmm. and then you can have schmidt in and you can you can rotate him in if you need to but it just makes it it solidifies this team now the jets have to go out and figure out something else out and Maybe it's a little more costly, and maybe it's a more significant move. We'll find out. Yeah, obviously the trade deadline eight days from now, next Friday, uh, March the 8th, if I'm not mistaken on my calendar time. But, yes, it's rapidly approaching, and the Dallas Stars, of course, getting ahead on the defense market. Uh, There was another trade today that we could talk about briefly, very briefly, and just mentioning that Toronto reacquired. What is this, Leafs lunch? He didn't. It's not Leafs lunch. We're not going to spend any time on it. Toronto reacquired Ilya Labushkin, a physical right-side defenseman Mm -hmm. uh, who's really not considered to be that good of a defenseman, and they paid a third-round pick for him. Uh, there was more to the trade, but you know, for for your for everyone's sanity, I'll spare it and get back to <laughs> tonight's game of the Jets and the Stars. You know, I, I, and if you're the Jets, I think this is a good. It's almost another learning opportunity, saying uh, this isn't the level that we brought to tonight's game is not sufficient. 
mm-hmm. and we're you know tomorrow is March, you know which means you're six weeks, seven weeks until the start of the playoffs. So your your game needs to elevate as a result. Dallas was able to elevate their game against the Jets tonight, and the Jets need to be able to find a way to match that to increase their performance. I mean, with the win, it's not like Dallas is now head and shoulders above the Jets. No. They're two points ahead of the Jets, and the Jets still have four games in hand. Right. So the Jets are, are, are still in a pretty decent position, but I think that this game can be used as an opportunity to say, look, what we've been doing, and the Jets themselves have been saying it, we've been winning, but we haven't been winning in, what, in a really in, – in a fashion that we want to win by. Mm-hmm. There's been – holes in our game there's been gaps in our play that yes we're winning but we're doing so despite that well tonight was a reminder of when you play some of those better teams like yeah. the dallas stars like carolina coming up on saturday morning at 11 30 right after the as illegal a, curve hockey show as, ends basically. as an aside has there ever been an 11 30 start i want to say in uh Buff- buffalo i think they had a Either 11.30 or 12 noon. 12 they've had noon. Because I think like in in Washington, they may have done that. A a noon start time is one thing. I don't remember an 11.30. 30 is early. I don't remember a a game that's ever started. People are going to go right from the Adelio Curve Hockey Show. Take a little break. I'll 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 be furiously trying to get the podcast posted. In that half an hour, yeah, and then we'll go right to the Jets game, and then the post game show will be right at uh, at around uh, two fifteen or so. Which, for the record, I'll be doing at the Moose game because, of course, the Moose game starts at two o'clock against the Texas Stars, the farm team of Dallas. They really need to check out our schedules before they start Very scheduling rude. these NHL games. Very rude. But my point is, from the Jets' perspective, is okay. Yes, you said while well, winning that you haven't been playing well. Well, tonight you lost. You lost to a division rival. You lost handily. Yeah. You really lost to the division rival. That has, I mean, of the Jets, what they now have four regulation time losses against the Central Division, or is yeah. it just three now? No, 16, four, and one. Okay, so the three of those four losses in are regulation against are against Dallas. So yeah. the Stars definitely have the Jets' number. And oh, look at the playoff structure. If the Jets want to go far, you're going to have to defeat Dallas at some point in time. So the Jets need to take this as an opportunity to say, what we've been doing isn't good enough. We need to better ourselves, improve ourselves, and find a way to match what Dallas has done tonight. And that's how we have to build upon tonight's defeat. A uh, one-handed game, a one-sided game that the Stars uh, uh, you know, inflicted upon the Jets tonight. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's hockey's an easy game sometimes to kind of boil down. And in this one, you didn't play well in the first period. It cost you the game. You were unable to fight back. You tried, again, I thought the second period was obviously better. But at that point, it's 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 three nothing deficit, and I don't want to spoil the the post game recap for anybody who didn't watch the game. But I don't know why you'd be watching a recap without watching the hockey game. <laughs> Maybe they don't watch the game. Maybe they can't stand the game, and the only thing they like is us. I don't. It's entirely so. possible. It's that entirely our personalities actually. are so magnetic. Have you met yourself before? I I, I love myself. Sometimes well, too often. That's part that, of the problem. That's evident. So, <laughs> the point is that this is a team that really had a chance to to set a tone to send a message, we're the best team in the center. They didn't do it. So right now, the only question, the only thing that was answered, if you had a question going into tonight's game is, if you said, who is the best team in the central? It's the Dallas Stars. The Dallas right. Stars are the best team in the central. I mean, right. it's hard to, again, we don't, I don't want to be too um, bombastic because it's one game. Right. And so you don't, you know, make or break everything in one, one, in one fell swoop. That's why they play seven game series. But as of right now, the Dallas Stars are the best team in the central. 
Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Let's get into the nitty-gritty details of tonight's game. It is the Betway Game Recap. We do this on each and every edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. The Betway Game Recap. We just blew the speakers here at uh, Boston <laughs> Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Apparently, the Betway game recap bumper comes in really hot, apparently. See, we need Winnipeg Joe here. So I, Joe's uh, our know, audio guy. Joe and Colby are over here killing themselves laughing. You guys had one job, and it's to be on that to make sure we don't do that. For the record, they have one job that they actually isn't really their job. I know. That's okay. We assigned them that job. It's okay. We'll learn for the next time we do. Okay, guys, I'm telling you now. When the Seagram shot of the game comes, be ready, okay? Be ready with that so that we don't uh, destroy anybody here at Boston Pizza. I think we may have broken some of the glass. It was so loud. But <laughs> nonetheless, we'll persevere here tonight. Uh, the Betway game recap, of course, brought to you by our friends at Betway. We thank them for their long term support of the illegal curve post game show if you're looking for a place to pay a place to play and a place to place a legal wager betway would be your destination uh quick update jets head coach rick bonus confirming that uh gabe velarde is injured it's an upper body injury that's why he didn't play in the third period his status for Saturday is up in the air. He may not be available. So obviously we'll keep a close eye on that. That would presumably mean that the Gus bus gets back into action after being out. Or, Ra or Rasmus Kupari. Or Rasmus Kupari. Certainly that's uh, also fair. But uh, that's the update on Gabe Velarde. So bad to worse news for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, tonight in, uh, in Dallas. It's, it's interesting that it's an upper body injury given that he came out and skated. And like seem to be testing his legs, but regardless of, of what it is, the, um, the the organizations are generally not known for giving out a ton of information right. with respect to uh, that. So the the Dallas Stars opened the scoring in tonight's game, six fifty two into the contest. It's Jason Robertson, his twentieth of the year, assist to Joe Pavelski. We're saying we're waving at some folks here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Uh, Dallas has the early one nothing lead. It's a giveaway by Cole Perfetti. Ooh, and ever? for a guy who has been struggling as of late, who's really been in the uh, proverbial doldrums when it comes to his on-ice performance and has been a target of some slings and arrows, this was not one that he's going to like. It was an unforced error. Uh, I'm really not entirely certain what he's envisioning here. Mm -hmm. He's got the puck behind the Jets zone. He's not really being what I would describe as heavily pressured. And he just sort of flings it up the, the boards. And I'm not sure if he's expecting uh, a, a Jets winger there to be able to ship it out. Or, or it's, just a, it's just an unforced error. And Dallas makes no mistake. Pavelski picks it off. He finds Jason Robertson. I don't think it's the best goal that Connor Hellbuck has ever let in. I think that Hellbuck probably wants this one back as it goes five hole uh, on him. Mm -hmm. But certainly Cole Perfetti isn't going to like it. And it's also a uh, it's a drawback. It's a detrimental play uh, for a player who's been struggling as of late. Yeah, look. First of all, Neil Pionk makes a nice play. Yes. With the hip check, and he really separate separates the Dallas player from the puck. That's right. So you, you, he creates that separation, which allows Cole Perfetti to have that time and space. So you're like, okay, well, there's no urgency, you know. And now you do have one forward who's who's pressuring as Perfetti's coming around the net. 
problem is Perfetti tries to hit. He's got Dylan as an option, and he's got Nemestikov as an option. The problem is he puts it in between both of them. And right. Then, and then the Stars are able to convert. And I agree with you. It's not the greatest goal, but Robertson does. It's a two-on-one, essentially. And Robertson looks off Hellebuck for the first part. Then he ends up going five hole. You know, yeah. Is it a, is it the perfect goal? No. The Jets had some momentum. Right? I think the Jets had like a six three shot edge at this point, six two whatever it well, was. Well, but Hellebuck had made a couple saves. Like, I mean, the, yeah, no, no, he made yeah. a really nice save, especially on that breakaway. You could, you know, early in the game, yeah. The first or first or second Dallas shot was a was a breakaway chance that you could see setting up in the Dallas zone, and you could see that they like to make that stretch pass up the middle, and uh, they hit what's his name, um, uh, Marchman. Yeah. And he gets Mason that Yeah, and he hits he gets a chance. Hellebuck makes a nice save. So you're like, okay, he's dialed it. Because we know that Connor Hellebuck is a competitor. We know that Connor Hellebuck again, we talked to Chuck Hellebuck yes. a few weeks back, but the fact is that there's gonna be a you know decision by the USA hockey. Hang on, I have to interrupt you just for a quick second. Uh as he's buying us drinks, <laughs> as he's sending us money uh, uh through the YouTube super chat, and he's yeah, he sent us two dollars and fifty cents, but I know for a fact. As he doesn't have more than two dollars and forty-five cents, <laughs> so I'm not sure where this extra money's coming from. He's raiding the kids' piggy banks, I suspect. So might be a little bit of controversy going on in the Ginsburg Pfeffer household uh, when the when Naomi comes back from her uh, little trip away. So uh, might have to do send in the auditors to check out the books uh, now that Ezzy's uh, uh, wheeling and dealing here on the post game show. Yeah, no. So I mean, it's it's an unfortunate. Uh, did you put it back up there? Come on, Drew. Sorry, Ezzy controlling, but. Look, it's an unfortunate turn of events because you didn't want to give up a goal. You didn't want, and it sounds captain obvious, right? And, but you wanted to have that good start. You want because Dallas is a fun building. That's it. There's a lot of fans there. There's a lot of folks who you know, and and there's a rivalry. So the I thought the first goal, especially for Winnipeg, was important. Jets give it up, and now they're playing from behind. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would agree. We know how important the first goal often is, but in a yeah. game like tonight against an opponent that has had your number all season, I thought it was doubly important that the Jets get that opening goal, which they clearly didn't, as Dallas has the early 1-0 lead. Uh, And then they make it 2-0. They stretch that lead just under 10 minutes later, 9 minutes and 49 seconds later, the Dallas Stars make it 2-0. Joe Pavelski, who is ageless and doesn't get... By the way, Tyler Sagan also not playing. In yeah, this game Sagan for not in the game for uh, for Dallas as well. So you can't you can't make, not make mention of that because we know yeah. how much of a Jets killer he's been over the years as well. Joe Pavelski is just such a fantastic hockey player. Yeah, and he does all of the little things right, and that's almost what he's best at—the little things and the you know you talk about high hockey IQ. He's probably got one of the highest hockey IQs of an active player right now and you know he's so good at tipping pucks and that's exactly what he does here uh to make it two nothing rupe hints gets the secondary assist and hackenpah gets the primary assist it's his shot and it's pavelski with the tip and i believe if i'm not mistaken it's neil pionk who thinks he's got pavelski tied up pavelski is just so good at getting that stick loose in front and he redirects it past Connor Hellebuck, and it's gone from bad to worse for the Winnipeg Jets in the first period as Dallas now has that early 2-0 lead, Dave. Yeah, and if, you know, I know people want to blame the first line because they're on for the goal against, but it's a bad line change. The puck is not deep enough. They go, they go for a line change. The Jets are coming on quickly. I don't like the way Dylan DeMello played. He essentially took away Connor Hellebuck's eyes. Uh, you'll see because 
he crosses over and you're like, okay, what's he going to do there? Oh, wait, he took away Connor. Doesn't take away anybody else. And it's uh, more, it's, you know, Pionk there. He takes a shot at the stick. And again, DeMello crosses over and takes out Hellebuck's eyes. So it's, it's not a great play, but the thing that you notice is the structure of Dallas. Yes. Again, Dallas is in, everybody is in position where they need to be. And the Jets are standing around. Now, again, that top line and defense don't necessarily go hand in hand, Drew. So, I, like, I, while I would, um, why would I give them a little consideration for the, the line change and the late line change, which put them in, at a disadvantage. Like I said, I, the Jets just don't have a good enough structure there. And all we've heard from Rick Bonus is and and it, it's the decreasing five on five and there's you can't deny it you can't pretend like the five up they, they've been saved by the fact that their goaltending has been excellent yes and their special teams have come alive so because of that they're winning hockey games but their five on five play again people sometimes think that we're nitpicking but not just us Gabriel, the players themselves the players themselves Gabriel Velarde said was it Velarde said the other day we haven't been that good yeah Rick Bonus said, we haven't been that good. We need to tighten it up. So, again, this is not something that we're just nitpicking and, and, and complaining about this Jets team. They themselves acknowledge that their five-on-five play hasn't been good enough. And there's a perfect example. They just were disorganized. Dallas was structured. And what ends up happening? It ends up in the back of your net and it's do nothing. Yeah, exactly right. And now the Winnipeg Jets are really climbing uphill as the Dallas Stars, to your point, have really been in control of this first period. And the Jets are are have to find a way to get back in the game, get yeah. the next goal, or get out of the period at least. And they don't do they don't do any of those two. Mm-hmm. So it gets you know again it went from bad to worse. I don't know what's worse than worse, but you know, <laughs> horrible will be worse for worse. What's, in what's this not case. worse is Logan Stankovan. Just yeah, so you know. and that's who it is. Logan Stankovan getting his third of the year. He's a rookie who's just been called up after tearing it up at the AHL Leading level. Leading scorer of the AHL. Uh, that's right. At what is he twenty? Something second round pick of the Dallas Stars. The knock on him, of course, was that he's too small. Well, you know, whether or not he's too small, he might be too talented, and his talent is is overriding his uh, lack of stature. You know, it's a play that Mason Appleton makes the error on this one, and that's not Mm -hmm. something you've typically said about that about that line for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Appleton is the turnover is forced in the neutral zone. Dallas transitions up the ice, and then the Winnipeg Jets are playing a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't even say it's Keystone Cops, just Dallas is swarming them. That's right. The Jets can't even get the, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, a couple games ago where the Jets, you know, had the puck on their stick and couldn't get it out. The Jets didn't even have the puck on their stick in this instance whatsoever. You know, Connor Hellebuck is doing everything in his power to make save after save, but I think at a point in time, he loses track of where the puck goes, and he's almost not backwards in the crease, but he's sort of sideways uh, he's in the around, crease. Yeah. He's a bit turned around. Again, it's not uh, what I would describe as uh, remarkable structure to the Jets' uh, defense in this instance. How many times have we already said that? A lot. Loose puck, and Stankovan banks it in uh, into the empty net. Assist to, to Wyatt Johnston and Jamie Benn. And you see the combination of veteran and youth for the Dallas Stars, uh, you know, uh, certainly showing why they are so talented and why they are so dangerous. It's 3 nothing. this goal coming at the 18-17 mark of the first period to make it 3 nothing. Dave. Yeah, and, and again, it starts because Stankovan, who, again, look at the confidence this kid's showing. He's yeah. three games into his NHL career. He's got three goals. He was tearing it up at the AHL level. We saw him. I was expecting to see him 
with the Texas Stars into Winnipeg for a two-game set against the Manitoba Moose. We'll have tickets to give away for that. I've given away most, but we'll still have two seats to give away if someone from Boston Pizza wants to go. We can arrange that, but maybe someone doesn't from Boston Pizza. So we'll give them away to someone else in the chat. You can send me an email, Dave, at Illegal Curve. Uh, I think I've got two tickets left for the Sunday game. Sunday. The Sunday game's at 2 o'clock. Saturday okay. game's at 2 o'clock. Logan Stankovin is a guy I thought we would see with those Texas Stars who are uh, significantly ahead of the Manitoba Moose. Moose need to cut, pick up a couple of wins. But the Texas Stars don't look like they're going to be getting Logan Stankovin back because he he, he fits in. Yeah. And he's playing with confidence. And you saw it, like that stick check on a guy. You know, Mason Appleton's played, what, 300 games in the NHL? 300-plus games he, in the NHL? And, and Appleton had no idea that he was that, that, the, sure. that it was coming from behind him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. But, like, the point is that Stankovin makes – sets up the play he he creates it and then yeah. you know look you've got ben on the line to give that some veteran leadership on that line and and wyatt johnson's a great player too i mean he's, yeah. a, he's a, another very good young player and dallas has a like texas stars are a very good farm club so you've got a lot of you've got a lot of rising talent on dallas uh like i said and you're missing tyler sagan that's that's a that's a big piece of the puzzle but this is just one of those situations that you looked at the jets and you're like they're just lost like they they Again, they don't. We're supposed to. He, we've we've heard that the Jets' default now is the structure that Rick Bonus has put into place. That's what we've been hearing, right? Yeah. And it sounds great when you're winning, but the problem is now they're not winning, and they don't look like they have any structure here. Right. And and to me, it's just like Ben just knocks Dylan Sandberg out of the crease. Johnson took Nate Schmidt, and and nobody nobody's there to calm things down. That's the problem. All the like, literally every guy is panicking on this play. If you look, Appleton doesn't know where the puck is. Schmidt doesn't know where the puck is. Yeah. So every single guy and is, Dallas has body position on every single on one. every single That's one right. of those guys. So you know, when you lose, when you don't have the structure, when you're behind your opponents. You're 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 asking for trouble, and that's, that's right. exactly what the Jets ran into: is that their their lack of structure. Dallas was able to penetrate, you know, that the middle of the ice that the Jets have been so good at defending for so often this year. Yep. That you know today Dallas was able to get there, and a lot of teams as of late have been able to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, can the Winnipeg Jets, you know, as the games get harder and as the competition steps up, and as you get closer to well, March is tomorrow, like I said, then the trade deadline, then April, then the playoffs. Can the Winnipeg Jets sort of recapture the fundamentals that made them the tightest defensive team in the league early on in the year? As of late, by the way, look, it's a 4-1 final tonight. Mm-hmm. And the fourth goal... Drew, you just ruined it. I know. I, I Sorry, spoiler alert, folks. It's a 4-1 final tonight, and the fourth goal goes into an empty net. How many additional saves, pretty good chances, did Connor Hellebuck save for the Jets tonight when this was still only a 3-0 game or a 3-1 game? A lot. So, you know, the numbers don't look good. But, again, the Jets are relying more and more on Hellebuck <laughs> lately, something that they haven't necessarily been doing earlier in the year. Now he's Connor Hellebuck, and he's uh, the best goaltender in the league as far as I'm concerned. But you don't necessarily want to lose that structure and have to rely on Hellebuck solely like they have for so many years. Again, that's just that would be going against what Rick Bonus has been saying. Is right. That their default is his structure. That would be going back to the pre-Rick Bonus days where 
the structure is looser yeah. and they rely on their goaltending. Hope, pray, and and and, well, and goaltending. Again, you have you have special teams that bail you out. You have a goaltender who bails you out, and because of that, you can outscore your problems. Right. Well, right now they're not outscoring their problems. And and again, we'll we'll we will mention this is a Jets team that has won seven of their last nine games. Yes. This is a Jets team that is very comfortably in the top third. Uh, although I shouldn't say that because I think Nashville won again, so they might have won seven straight games. Uh, doesn't doesn't matter. Nashville's no, 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 not. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. But I'm saying like Nashville's not exactly slowing down. Nashville's seven points still behind Colorado. No, no, I know. I yeah. understand that. But I'm just saying that it's it's one of those situations where this Jets team is still comfortable, which is fine. Yeah. But it, it's I think and again we don't know what's going to happen with with Gabriel Velarde and if it's significant or not. But it's time to start to I think tinker with your ticker in terms of these lines a little bit because the idea that there's something that's sacrosanct there shouldn't be anything sacrosanct but again with, like, with regards to these lines remember when we were talking about Velarde and um shifley and ehlers yeah and you said okay well like and i remember when we talked about this and they went away from it you said okay well the truth is they have that muscle memory so you they know what it's going to be like you already know what perfetti i'm not perfetti where um shifley connor's and Velarde look like, and they may not have a choice because of what happened with Velarde tonight. Sure. But it's just time to make some sort of separation because their five-on-five play, since Kyle Connor has been back, let's be realistic, when they went 12-2-2, when Kyle Connor missed those 16 games, their structure was good. Now, since Kyle Connor has been back, the structure has fallen off a little bit, and they need to readjust because it's this, is, this isn't going to work in the playoffs. This isn't going to work in a seven-game series against Dallas. You'll no, get killed. You will. You'll be lucky to win one game right now playing like this. Well, that's where – and so the Jets – I mean, that's, that's what we're saying. The Jets have to use tonight as a bit of a rude awakening for how they need to get back to what they play. And if you're going to play Dallas and you're going to have to play them eventually if you want to get through the West more than likely, then, yeah. you know, you need – you know where you need to tighten up. You know where your game is lacking. And that's you know, certainly should be one of the key takeaways for the Jets in tonight's contest. Three-nothing after 20 minutes. Uh my perspective was that it was likely going to be over at that point in time. Ultimately, it was. But we didn't but, want that to be because the point is that we have a show to do. Of course. You want the game to get closer so we can <laughs> keep everybody engaged. Uh, well, we, wanted at least, we wanted at least one shot of the night. That's right. Exactly. And we don't want to have to solely rely on our banter and our witticisms uh, to make it happen. Uh, but the Jets do get on the board and make it 3-1. This comes at the 13-24 mark. It's a power play goal for Vlad Nemesnikov. His first in, I think, what was it, 13 games? So you said. That's what I, I think I saw you. on the broadcast. Uh, so Ehlers gets the assist. Neil Pionk also gets the, the assist. This was the only penalty called against the Dallas Stars tonight. Ryan Suter was in the box for tripping. And this is oh, the. Hold on. Did you, did yeah, you give that? Colby, get going. Ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to play the bumper. It's the only Jets goal. So it's also our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. There you go. We managed to play the bumper. We managed to not break anything here at Boston Pizza. We managed not to blow out anybody's eardrums. It's a win-win-win situation again. Vlad uh, Nemesnikov, as I said, he gets his first in 13 contests. It's the Seagram shot of the game. Not that it was especially pretty, but we only had so many options. I probably should have given it to the Pavelski goal, to be honest. It's uh, really a shot, though. It was a tip. Yeah, but the, what was this one? This one was more of a goal-mouth scramble than anything else. I thought, like, this was... Well, he took a shot. It just kind of whiffed. 
<laughs> a whiff. It was a beautiful whiff in that case. Uh, regardless of what it is, it's the Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. When you are looking to have a nip or two, perhaps you should choose one of the fine Seagram's products that we know are so readily available. Fireball, Seagram's VO, whatever you want, it, the Seagram's brand has it for you available at your local liquor mart. We've got Seagram's gear to give away to folks if they want. There you go. Come check us out. We're live here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Why is so he many donating money stuff? Or maybe As he's giving us more money. He might not have given it. That might have just been he just wrote the number money. I think he's actually asking for a refund is what he's doing. He some, <laughs> somehow, somehow he's just, yeah. Somehow he's taking money out of our account, which is odd because we didn't, certainly didn't give him any access to the account. <laughs> so in any event, uh, as he's enjoying himself in the chat tonight, uh, this is what happens when as he gets overstimulated, folks. But uh, yeah, Nemestikov getting the goal. Good for him to get one. Good for that second power play unit to succeed. Uh, you know, it's a nice play by Pionk. Nice play by Ehlers. And you could tell the way the game was going. It wasn't going to be anything pretty that was going to get the Jets on the scoreboard tonight. It was going to have to be one that bounces in off of uh, three different skates and or onto a onto a stick of a player after pinballing all around, and that's what this one was to make it three one. Yeah, and and look, I, I I like that Ehlers is shooting. He's shooting more, and I know that people were were saying I saw some comments saying that almost as if it was ineffective, but he had a couple of shots that like sometimes you just you can't have the perfect shot. And it was so not going to be a game where there was a perfect I, I don't shot even tonight. Mean, I don't even mean on this goal. First, yeah, I know. first of all, the idea of the second period. We were curious to see what the Jets were going to do. What kind of bounce were they going to have? What kind of push were they going to have? Were they going to come out? We didn't anticipate that they were going to come and score four goals against Dallas. But would they be able to get back into this? Would they be able to, you know, get one or two goals and hold the Stars from scoring? That was going to be, you know, critical for them. And, and you know, you get a power play. And the one thing, again, that this team has had a very, since the stretch, since the Sean Monaghan edition, even though this wasn't, his unit that was on for this. Yeah. Um, the power play has been red hot. And so that's the positive, I guess, Drew, that you could look at is that you're now turning what was such a negative right. into an actual positive for this team. They're, they're, they're quicker. The second unit, I thought, moved it around and they didn't have a lot of time. So I think they came on with about 40 seconds to go in that, in that maybe even less. But at least, like I said, Ehlers and and the irony, of course, is that Ehlers wasn't taking a shot on net. No, he was trying to hit Nemestikov. He was trying to pass it through to Nemestikov. Now it got intercepted, but still ended up on onto Nemestikov's stick. So you know, same idea. But you just wanted to see that the Jets, a scored, were able to score a goal, but b then also were able to see what kind of push they would have after scoring that. Would they be able to? Not even necessarily score. Obviously, that would be the goal. Right. But to see, would they be able to? Follow that up right. with some momentum Flip and build the game and, a little and bit. Just, and just, again, even if you don't win, send a message to Dallas. And I actually thought they did to a certain degree. I actually thought, again, not in a, I didn't think they dominated by any stretch. But I thought that the Jets became the more physical, more aggressive team. And, and Drew made the observation, and I'll give him credit. I, I turned it into a bit of a, a, a terrible joke. But, like, they became like a five guys in the sense that, like, they were just lined up. Right. More in the third than in the second. But I did like the fact that the Jets were finally playing a little bit more aggressive, finally playing a little bit more physical. Towards the end of the second period, yes, I'll grant you that. Uh, Jets aren't able to – if they had been able to get a second goal, then certainly it would have been anybody's game. Uh, please don't put Ezzy's comments on the screen. <laughs> well, when it's complimentary – I know. I, I saw to. it. I was ignoring it on purpose. 
Uh, for those of you in the podcast, though, you know, uh, as he is saying that Dave is providing great analysis and is an extremely handsome man. I'll, I'll give him the second part of that. That's wow, fine. Thanks. Thanks, uh, and then he's saying that my post-game show commentary has been shallow and pedantic, which, again, are words that he certainly just looked up in a thesaurus because he has no idea what those two words normally mean. Uh, and, as I do resent that you, that you don't say I am also handsome as well uh, in any event, as he enjoying himself not on the show, yet somehow overtaking and ruining the show at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how he's able to do that, folks. He is uh, uh, he's a, a character. He's a character. He's a character indeed. 3-1 Dallas after 40 minutes. Uh, third period starts. The Jets run into some penalty trouble. You want to see, do the Jets have that push to start the third period? Are they going to be able to find a way to scratch and claw? They weren't able to. Dallas out shooting the Jets handily in that third period, 16 to six. And I know that some of that is penalty driven and five on three driven. Yeah. But Dallas was even before the penalty trouble that the Jets ran into Dallas was in control of that third period. You could see the Jets just didn't have, there was no push coming from the Jets tonight. They didn't have it in them. Uh, the Jets do kill off a five on three disadvantage. Sandberg takes a holding penalty, uh, I believe, on Rupe Hints, if I'm not mistaken. Hints, Hints could have been called for a, for an elbow. It, I, again, like, I, and we're not, you know, I'm gonna wear my Jets pajamas right now, but like, there, you could definitely say, I mean, when before Sandberg made contact, Hints definitely dropped an elbow to the face. The refs right there, the refs watching, sees Sandberg react, doesn't call it. It's and fine, Samber but... gets called because once he takes his hand off his stick, yeah, the ref is looking for that. The ref yeah. is looking for the hand off the stick, and it's going to almost get immediately called. Similar to the Ayafalo penalty, uh, which came uh, a minute and 31 seconds later. So still, while it's a bit of a two-man advantage, uh, Ayafalo, as soon as you put your stick yep. into your opponent's gloves, you're going to get called automatically. No, I agree with that so one. So it's a fight. Sure. That one was a no doubt about it as far as I'm concerned. I see what you're saying about the Hintz-Samberg interaction. I don't have a problem with the call, and I certainly don't think that this impacted the course of the game. No. Um, but the Jets do go down five on three for 31 seconds. They kill off the remainder of the Samberg penalty, and they kill off the Ayafalo penalty. So, again, if you're looking for silver linings in tonight's gray clouds, the Jets successfully killed a five-on-three would certainly uh, be high up on your list. Look, again, the PK is an area of concern for this Jets club. So, I mean, one of those things that you want to see them improving on is the power play and the penalty kill. So, I guess, Drew, as you said, you, if, if you're looking for some positives and coaches tend to do that, they want to break down the game after the fact and say, be able to say, we saw this, we saw this, we saw this, this was good. You know, these were the things that were bad. But yeah. to me, ultimately, you had a little pushback in the second but Dallas is a very good hockey team. Yeah. I think I like my well, that's, the, that's my, my take main takeaway tonight yeah. is that Dallas, from my perspective, is the most, especially once you add Chris Tanev to this lineup. I mean, you look at Dallas and you're like, where are their holes? And there, there aren't any that are glaring. I mean, I know that Offinger hasn't been great this year, but he's been also had some injury troubles. And I do expect him to be, if he's healthy come playoff time, and even if he's not at 100% or not at the same peak Jake Offinger that we've seen last year, mm -hmm. for example. Look at the defense that's in front of him now and add Chris Tanov there. Look at the offensive firepower. I mean, I, I think that the Jets are... I think Dallas is probably, from my perspective, the best team in the Western Conference. Well, 
I've got the comment up by Partisan Paul, and I like it because Partisan Paul says Jets didn't look prepared to handle Dallas's intensity, speed, and aggressiveness. It took them too long to adjust, and by the time they did, it was too late. And that would be the overarching thought that I was having was that this was a team that just by the second period is when they started to look like they were ready to go. But at that point, as you mentioned, Drew, and as, yeah. as we talked about, it's too it's too, it's too little, too late, and uh, it's one period too late. You had to have that that level of preparedness in that first period. They didn't, and again, it's the first period, which was such a strength for Winnipeg, has become a problem. And the team that wasn't giving up goals has been giving up goals again. That that speaks to the loose five-on-five play. So, well, uh, and it's going to speak to what this team needs to do within the next eight days, come playoff, come uh, trade deadline time. Yeah. And that's certainly going to be a significant topic of conversation on Saturday's Legal Curve Hockey Show. 9 a.m. We'll get you set for the Jets and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, on Saturday morning because that game is also on Saturday morning at 11.30 in the morning. So a yeah. uh, very busy Saturday coming your way, uh, 9 a.m. on our YouTube channel, the Illegal Curve YouTube channel for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Uh, it's the trade deadline preview show, really. you got six days after Saturday until the deadline. And the Jets can look at the arms race that's going on in the in the Western Conference and in the Central Division. And, yes, you made the Monaghan acquisition but you need more because you are still a step behind your division rival and your division opponent. And by the way, the, the Avs Dallas just made Stars. it five nothing. Now they're playing Chicago, but uh, yeah, you, that you would tie them, I think, with Winnipeg, would it not? Uh, Seventy nine points. That sounds familiar. Hang on, I'll pull it up here on my phone. Where's your second ta- screen, Drew? Uh, yes, I don't have my second screen here. We're live on location. I'm literally yeah, beside this you. is I my second screen. Uh, yes, that would tie them with the Jets. Of course, the Jets have games in hand. Uh, the Jets will have three games in hand yeah, on Colorado and four in hand on Dallas. And you mentioned Nashville earlier. The Jets will have three in hand on the Predators as well. So plenty of games in hand for the Winnipeg Jets. Plenty of opportunity for the Jets to uh, you know, find themselves back atop the Central Division. But in tonight's contest, it was one-sided uh, by the Dallas Stars. 4-1 victors. The Jets pulled the goalie. They tried to... Uh, you know, uh, cut into the lead. Eventually, the empty netter by Jamie Ben uh, seals it. And uh, as we have a, uh, pardon me, Rupe hints with the empty netter, uh, that coming at the 1850 mark. And that wrapped up the scoring tonight. 4 1, the Jets win. Pardon me, the Stars Whoa, win. Oh, Drew, you yeah, just changed no, no. reality. I changed reality. I wish I had that power. I don't. 4 1, Dallas over the Winnipeg Jets in tonight's contest we're live here at boston pizza on taylor avenue the live edition of the illegal curve post game show spencey's here playing the role of ezzy uh walking around saying introducing himself to everyone as ezra ginsburg joe from winnipeg's here (laughs) so many of our friends so many of our new friends are here as well when we come back on the program more on tonight's stars of victory over the jets And, of course, the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comments still to come. Don't go anywhere. It is Thursday night. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, DM, DM at BP Taylor. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. It rolls on. BP's new New York Sicilian square footers. With a thicker crust than ever before, they're light and airy on the inside and oh so crispy on the outside. You're going to have your work cut out for you. Okay, fine. Try the New York Sicilian Square Butters, only at Boston Pizza. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. 
pre-book your parking at really low rates or maybe even for free if you use the code illegal curve free what is this sorcery the grid park app it's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking and to sweeten the deal even more i love sweets our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free holy zamboni Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code ILLEGALCURVE, all one word, to park for free. The game can change Ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Thursday evening, we're back here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue, Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk. The DM, DM show continues. We don't need no EG, even though he's carrying on in the chat, still causing a ruckus over there. Well, the three of us will be back together Hopefully on... smash the like button. Yeah, you could smash the like button. That's true. You could do that. That would be helpful. Uh, The three of us will be back together Saturday morning for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. First time the three of us have been back together in probably at least two weeks. It'll be two weeks Saturday because last time the three of us were together is when I I did that show uh, Saturday from, uh, from Scottsdale. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, so it's been a while. Like uh, one third of the show. No. Two thirds of the show. We haven't done a full show all together in a while, which yeah. is uh, unusual. But the three of us, barring something unforeseen, will be back together Saturday morning talking about the Jets and the Carolina Hurricanes, previewing that game, and of course, previewing a lot regarding the trade deadline coming up eight days from today. The Jets going to be in the need to make some moves on that front. 
as they are in the battle for the arms race in the Western Conference. Uh, 4-1 defeat the Winnipeg Jets at the hands of the Dallas Stars in tonight's contest. Uh, you got a Manuk Moose minute. You got some injury updates to, to go through. Is that is that right, Dave? Well, I'm not going to do it until I hear a bumper. Okay, you're not going to do it until you hear a bumper. That's fair enough. I actually want... Yeah, everyone, you can hear the bumper. Everybody can hear the bumper. You won't have to worry about that. Here it is. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Yeah, there's... Uh... The Moose have been practicing, and it's been a uh, – they've called up a couple guys because they're short. Three players that uh, I noticed yesterday during the skate at Hockey for All Center. Today they moved down to Canada Life. And so I asked uh, Moose head coach Mark Morrison for an update on uh, Wyatt Bongiovanni, Tyrell Bauer, and Danny Zilkin, the 2023 third-rounder. And uh, he said that Bauer is dealing with a back issue, so he's day-to-day. He didn't skate again today, so we don't know. I, I would think that means he's probably not playing – this weekend, uh, Wyatt Bon Giovanni, he is also day-to-day. I'm not sure what he's dealing with, but he said he's not expected to play this weekend. And uh, Danny Zilkin is not expected to play for the rest of the season. He is done. He had shoulder surgery um, yesterday. He had He's played 44 games. He has two goals, five assists. And while those numbers won't jump out off the page at you, he's actually developing quite nicely. Uh, his first year, obviously, after playing at the OHL level, um, so he's adjusting to the pro game. He's a good young player. I don't know. Frosty was very upset when I posted the news because he's a big, he's a big Jilkin fan. So tough news for him, but like, uh, Chaz Lucius, who I saw today and, uh, Jimmy Olney, they'll be rehabbing with the team. So he'll be sticking with the team as he uh, continues to, uh, you know, learn what it takes to be a pro. And part of taking, uh, being a pro is dealing with injury. So, uh, Danny Jilkin, unfortunately his season has come to an end. Uh, the Moose will be rolling on, like I said, playing on the Texas Stars, not the Dallas Stars, the Texas Stars. And that gets underway on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Uh, we've given away those seats in the illegal curve zone, but there will be two more seats to give away in the on Sunday's game, which is also a 2 o'clock start against Texas. If you want to go to that game, you can come up to me here and ask for it. You can be that guy who's cheering for the Moose right now, or you can uh, slide into my DMs on at IC Dave. Or send me an email, Dave at illegalcurve.com. Other than that, nothing terribly exciting with respect to the moose. Uh, except for the, I guess if you really want to get into the uh facial hair, Nikita Chibrikov completely changed his look. So I actually I'm not even joking when That's I said the kind of insight you only get from Dave M. I'm folks. not even joking when I walked so I walked to I walked into Canada Life Center today and it's me and uh you know three people who work for the moose, two on the communication side, and we're just sitting there and chatting, and I'm looking and I'm like did they get a new player? Like, is there someone they signed on a PTO that I'm not aware of? And then I'm looking closer. And I'm like, oh, he's wearing 19. I'm like, oh, it's Nikita Chibrikov. So Nikita Chibrikov, he's got a new look. That's uh, maybe he wants to start getting back onto the score sheet. Maybe he felt the needed to change. But uh, so there you go. There's there's some Moose insight you weren't aware of. Nikita Chibrikov, new look for him. Moose are hoping that it works and that they're able to build on their win, their comeback win uh, over the Wranglers. And I did ask Jeffrey Vl. I don't know if folks saw it, but when he scored the fifth goal for the Moose, he, he, he rode the stick, he the did, Tiger Williams. He did the Tiger Williams, and I uh, I asked him about it today after practice, and, and he just started. He basically said that he was trying to piss off the Calgary guys because uh, they're, they'd been having some words in the previous shift. So he had scored, he scored a nice goal, and then he wanted to kind of send it to them. And as I said, and as most people will know, uh, 
of anybody who, who's going to do that, nobody's going to go up to Jeffrey Vial. He's so tough and, and complain <laughs> about it. So you wouldn't do that at your own uh, peril. So uh, Vial had a funny answer if you want to see those. Uh, and I talked to Billy Hainola today. He talked about how he's feeling and how his season is going. So uh, you've got those. I see Dave. Check that out. There you go. Dave M., of course, doing the great job that he does with his Manuk Moose Minute. Uh, I had something here from Ken Weeb, who's, of course, live in uh, Dallas and covering the game for the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, his, he had some comments from Rick Bonus. Let's see if I can pull him up and find him. Here's what Rick Bonus had to say about Gabe Velarde's injury. Well, this is a quote. Well, Gabe is hurt. First of all, Gabe's not benched. Gabe is dealing with an upper body injury. We had to cut back because he was struggling out there, you could tell. So we had to make an adjustment with that. Vladdy was fine, Vlad the Mesnikov. You can put Vladdy anywhere, and he's smart and fast enough to keep up with those guys. The follow-up question, is there concern about Velarde's availability for Saturday's game? Rick Bonus responded with, quote, I would be concerned about that. So that should, uh, if you can read the tea leaves, that tells you it would be unexpected, I think it would be safe to say, for Gabe Velarde to be in the Jets lineup on Saturday against the Buffalo, against the Carolina Hurricanes, and then the back-to-back Sunday against the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, not an optimal time as the Jets get into a very busy march where they play basically every second night to be potentially without one of their key contributors in Gabe Velarde. But uh, that's the update. That's the health update on Gabe Velarde. Nope. After Thursday's game. The only thing I would add, though, Drew, is that he stayed on the bench. True. So, I mean, like, well, it clear, it's clear that he wasn't 100%. And, again, I thought it was funny that he was testing what appeared to be his legs, but somehow it's an upper body injury. Um, ultimately, yeah. you know, they didn't send him to they the room. They didn't rule him out. They, they didn't, didn't send him, him to the room. So, yeah. I, like, while I would think that there, there's some concern, I don't want to say that Rick Bonus is trying to create a little misdirection. But I think if it's a 3-2 game... You touched me again. I know I touched you again, I'm, and I'm not going to apologize. I just got to keep touching you. But This isn't like uh, get him to the Greek, like rub the rub furry, the furry wall. wall. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if it was a closer game, if maybe Velarde was able to uh, the best part get is, back though, into it. The best part is all, fo- all folks on the, on the channel can see is just a big, giant hand <laughs> on my shoulder. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, and in any event, there you go. There's the Gabe Velarde update. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. We'll do it like we always do. It's with the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment here on the Illegal Curve post game show. The Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post game show. I saw this comment earlier tonight before the post game show even started. Uh, as so many of you know, there's a lot of people who watch the game while in the chat room chatting with their fellow Jets fans as the game is going on, waiting for the post game show to begin. Uh, Palmer Lane 89 is one of those individuals. And as the Jets were trailing, uh, they came out with this comment. Now the question becomes, do the Jets have the character to climb back into this game on the road against a division rival? The Jets always look great when they have the lead, not so much when they are behind. Uh, and the stats sort of do bear that out in terms of victories when trailing after 40 minutes. Winnipeg Jets, two wins on the year. 
when trailing after 40 minutes. Uh, not to say that that's necessarily there's anything to read into there. The Florida Panthers, uh, another team that is towards the top of the NHL standings, they only have two leads when trailing after 40 minutes. Hey, guess what? If you're a good hockey team, often you, you have the lead uh, after 40 minutes. You're not necessarily trailing after 40 minutes. So that could be a little bit of this, but the Jets struggling to get back into games. Palmer Lane, 89. I thought that was a good comment. Slide into my DMs at IC Drew or send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com. We'll hook you up with a toque, courtesy of our great friends at Tough Duck. Big thanks to Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Always a fun time, Dave, when we can get together here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue, our home away from home when it comes to Jets broadcast. Or just as he's home. Or as he's home, yeah. Sometimes when you know when he just when, where's as he well he's just here. Where he's just you know just always sort of uh, you know like Norm it's from Cheers and as he as he walks in uh, through the doors. Uh, Jets defeated four one tonight. Want to say a big thank you to everybody who joined us here at Boston Pizza on Taylor. Want to say a big thank you to everybody who's joining us at home watching on the YouTube channel or all of our social media platforms. And, of course, want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, the great folks here at Boston Pizza for their support of Illegal Curve Hockey, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Grid Park. I used Grid Park last night to get to the to get parking for the Ice Cube concert. They were fantastic and convenient. And if you're going anywhere, check out Grid Park. Make sure you use their great service. It's going to help you and save you time and trouble. And, of course, use code ILLEGALCURVE and you can park for free. Uh, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group, Realty, Bethway, Tough Duck, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and, of course, Farmery Beer, home of illegal curve logger these great sponsors make this show possible they make the saturday show possible and they make the website possible so do all of you for joining us and for smashing that like button and subscribing to the youtube channel and of course leaving feedback on youtube yes. and please on Come itunes on. let's go Leave and that google feedback. podcasts and everywhere that's what we want from you big thanks of course even though he's not physically here, producer Tim yes. helped me this morning. He gave me a tutorial. He spent time to get this up and he running. He sent his assistant, Joe from Winnipeg. Joe from Winnipeg is here as his assistant. We're using all of Tim's equipment, and we haven't poured any drinks on it so far. So fingers crossed that that's going to continue. Uh, and, but a big thanks to Tim. Big thanks to Colby. He's here. Joe from Winnipeg's here. Spencey's here. So many friends and family are here at Boston Pizza no on Taylor Avenue. Our family's not here, but they're here in spirit, okay. is what they are. Uh, we'll be back Saturday morning, 9 a.m. with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Very busy weekend coming your way. Illegal Curve Ooh. Hockey Show, 9 a.m. Post-game show, middle of the afternoon, the rare 2.15 p.m. post-game show. I don't think we've ever had a post-game show at that time. There's Spencey cosplaying as Ezzy. We always appreciate that. <laughs> And then Sunday night, of course, after the Jets and the Sabres, another edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. For DM Dave Manouk, I'm DM Drew Mandel. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show until Saturday at 9 a.m. We wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for joining us for the Illegal Curve post-game show.
Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.